At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. You know, what's going on? You know, China's coming down. ISIS is kicking butt. Putin now joined forces with Assad. So the real big question is, what do you do? And for those of you, and we've all been here, you know, what do we do now? You know, what's going to happen? Are we, you know, I was listening to Carl Icahn on CNBC this morning. They asked him if we're in a bear market. He goes, what's a bear market? You know, so here's Icahn, one of the most powerful investors in the world, and CNBC, what they call bubble vision, you know, they're good guys, but they're journalists, you know. They go, well, you know, the bear market is this, and then they sling all this jargon around, and it basically confuses people. Then we have David Stockman, who was Reagan's budget director and all this, and he he said, he direct quote to CNBC, he says, you better muzzle that guy Jim Cramer, you know, because it's bad advice. So the question is, you know, it's Kipasa. Who do we listen to? What do we do at this time in the economy? And if I give you a plug, this is the time the, of the economy that Rich Dad was created for, you know, because the old stuff is not working. You know, I wrote a book called Rich Dad's Prophecy, which came out in 2002, but I started writing it in 98, 97 at the height of the boom. And I said, this baby is coming down in 2016. So in Rich Dad's Prophecy, which published 2002, you can check it out. It's recorded. I said that the stock market was going to come down. It was going to be the biggest crash in the history of the world. It's going to be a perfect storm. All these things are colliding. And as you may know, 2016 is uh, next year. But I also said there would have been a preliminary crash that would come before the biggest crash in history. And that crash came exactly in 2007 on you know, November. The Dow reversed from 14,000 and then it really went into a bear market around December of 2007. And then as we know, you know, co- companies like Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns and Merrill Lynch and all the experts got wiped out. So here we are today, you know, it's 2015. And now China's kind of backing up you know, Caterpillar just announced 5,000 layoffs and another five, to, another 10 to 15,000 layoffs next year. This is just one company. So if you're one of these guys who, you know, bought the, drank the Kool-Aid of go to school and get a safe, secure job, well, Caterpillar was a very safe, secure job. And here we have Carly Fiorina. She's a good, smart woman, but she is an employee. And, you know, she laid off 30,000 people when she was at HP. And she wants to be president. You know what I mean? So, again, it's for everybody out there who's kind of wondering what's happening. And this is the Rich Dad Radio Show. It's just for you. If you want to know what to do next, stay tuned. Any comments, Kim? Well, I'm looking forward to talking with our guest, Garrett, because we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about business owners. If you own a business, you definitely want to stay tuned to this show. If you're an employee, you should listen to it because you may lose your yeah. job quickly. Yeah, and if you're – yes, because if you're thinking about becoming – if you lose your job, that there may be an opportunity to be a business owner. Um, but I just want to say <laughs> this too because one, one thing about entrepreneurship and one of the things we love about entrepreneurship is that we are in control. 
We control our income. We control. And you talk about the stock market. So you're talking about Carl Icahn. Carl Icahn gave some advice to the average investor. And he said, if you cannot afford right now, if you cannot afford to lose 30 or 40 percent of what you've got invested. In your 401k. Get out and put it in cash. Right. So this is the time, I think, for entrepreneurship more than ever. Well, it's really a time to not be a nowhere man. You know, you've got to make a decision which way you're going to go. And our guest today is Garrett Gunderson. He's an entrepreneur, founder, and chief wealth architect of Wealth Factory. He's the author of Killing the Sacred Cows, one of my favorite titles, Overcoming Financial Myths That Destroying Your Prosperity, which was published in 2008, and also The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius in 2010. His website is wealthfactory.com. Great title. So, Garrett, uh, tell me how you got – you're a very young guy, extremely successful. Uh, How did you get into this ridiculous business of talking to people about money? Well, I started my first business when I was 15 years old. I grew up in a small coal mining town called Price, Utah. And so much like your you know, poor dad, my, my family really was that kind of a family. All coal miners, my grandfathers, my right. great-grandfathers. Good, hardworking people. Good, hardworking people. Yeah. Loved them but didn't have a relationship with money. It was very scarcity-related. You know, uh, Some of them actually buried money in the backyard. Some of them had uh, money in Folgers coffee cans in their cellars. I mean really didn't understand investing, didn't talk about it. But uh, when I started my first business, I won the Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award, and it came with $5,000. So, What was your first business? Really innovative. Get ready. Garrett Gunderson's Car Care. I detailed Car care. cars. Oh, yeah. great. I, I detailed great. cars. That's, that's not entrepreneurship. That's owning a job. <laughs> but you got what's awesome, by the time I was 16, I had three employees, and yeah. I stopped washing the cars. There you go. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any – this is the whole theme of the show. It really doesn't make a difference what you do. Just do something today. Yeah, I started on the S side, right? The self-employed. I had a job, and then you know, I, I read, uh, I read the quadrant. I start, you know, thinking, okay, I'm not really a business owner. I'm owned by my business, and I actually that's how I kind of became a speaker is because I gave a one-hour presentation and won five thousand dollars from that presentation about my business. More than I make today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess unlike other kids, I want to invest the money, and that's where I kind Very of got smart. started in finance. But also, we were, were talking before the came on the program that you your first book you read was Millionaire Next Door, right? Very first financial book. book. Very yep. good book. Yeah. So, what did you think of that? Because you're a little, little town, Millionaire Next Door. It sounds logical. Yeah, I, uh, I'm lucky to still be married based upon that philosophy. Because if my wife ordered wine with dinner, I'd be like, well, if we compound that interest, you know, look at what. So everything was about what. And we you could are still reduce. married today, <laughs> right? It was all about what we could eliminate. It was all about saving. It was about know, scarcity. Pinch, it was scarcity. We were pinching pennies pinching so pennies. hard that our we had blisters on our fingers, and we fought about it. So rather than taking our mental energy towards production and value creation, we took our mental energy of what we could eliminate. We lived in a freaking apartment, even though I had 14 rental properties I owned. And that's smart, you know. That's, yeah. that's, so starting that's, out, that's not a bad, that's a, that's a, bad strategy. Yeah. That's not bad. The point here, ladies and gentlemen, the theme of this show is that we're in a very precarious time. If I am correct, the next 20 years are going to be catastrophic for most people. And that's why we have the Rich Dad program. We're not here to scare you. We're here to motivate you to do something. Because, you know, we're talking to Garrett earlier, is that most people have been lulled into this false sense of security. You know, everybody says, well, what does your financial planner say? What's your financial planner say? You know, and, You're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Why, well, the market's down. It's on sale. Blah, blah, blah. And um, before we go on, we're going to say some pretty horrible things. So I want you to listen up. We don't mean to be horrible. It's just we want you to pay attention. You know, you got to know who you're listening to. Just as 
Garrett read Millionaire Next Door, and he says, this doesn't fit me. But right. it fits most people. It does. You see, Millionaire Next Door, even though they got creamed after 96, but anyway, um, they got creamed because it was bad advice for people like us here. Well, if I didn't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who knows, would yeah. I still be following that You'd kind still of be saving advice, money, right? right? And, and how much would that have cost me in being productive money. and investing in yeah, money? It's really a great time. You know, just move forward. But if you're sitting there wondering who you're listening to and who advice and all this stuff, that's a first step. So we're going to trash a few people here. Not really trash, but make definitions. You know, for example, Susie Orman has great advice for poor people. Right. It's fabulous advice. Well, if you, you know, don't want to get, if you do not want to get financially educated, she says, cut up your credit cards. Well, well if you don't want to get financially educated, that's good advice. That's great advice, but okay. it also means you can't control your spending yes. emotions. She's really yes. good, and so is Dave Ramsey at wait, taking wait, wait, a but, train but, wreck. Yeah, and let, putting me, them on let me be clear. Okay, Susie Orman is perfect for poor people. Yep. And poor people, whether no, it's not how much money you make; it's yeah, can you control your spending really? Right. It's if you're if you're just compulsive, spend, 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 no matter how much money you make. Susie Orman is the best person. I love it when she scolds people, you know, because Kim scolds me all the time because I'm like, I like to shop. I like to spend I money. I called him Imelda Marcos. Yeah, because I like to shop, have shopper. a good time. So Susie Orman is perfect for those with poor emotional control habits. You can't control yourself. And then you have Dave Ramsey, who is perfect for the middle class. He is absolutely, you know, he says live debt free. Well, that's really great advice if you, again, don't want to be rich. And then there's advice for the rich, and that's rich dad, and that's why we hang out with Donald Trump and all this, and that's why you're, you know, that's why Millionaire Next Door did not resonate for you. It didn't speak to your soul, did it? Exactly. Did not. And that's the theme of the show right now. You better make a decision right now. You're going to be poor? Then listen to Susie Orman. You know, cut up your credit cards, do all that stuff. You want to be middle class? I tell you, Dave Ramsey's advice of live debt-free is fantastic. You know, just keep your job, get out of debt, save a few bucks, invest for the long term in the stock market, and you'll be possibly okay. But if you want to be rich, that's the Rich Dad Radio Show. So once again, this is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Today, our special guest is Garrett Gunderson. He's the entrepreneur, founder, and chief wealth architect of Wealth Factories. He's the author of Killing Sacred Cows, Overcoming the Financial Myths. And I think that's really the theme is because most of the stuff put out by these bubble vision, CNBC, and the financial planners are myths. Is that correct? Absolutely. The, the number one myth that they perpetuate is that there's scarcity, right? That it's – it's all fear. well. It's 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 that if you just follow the magic formula, right? I love how you how you open up talking about CNBC, where they talk about these really complicated things, and then they go to the commercials of people sitting on a beach throwing rocks and drinking beer, like yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and so there's this kind of mismatch between what's being talked about. And you mentioned Jim Cramer. I mean, we've seen how predatory his advice is and how bad it is for people. What does predatory mean? Well, he's telling people to do something like put money into a mutual fund. Well, he's investing in dark pools, and they're you know yeah. they're they're doing flash trading where they're sucking the money off the top of it. Well, you're just kind of sitting there not knowing what's happening. So, yeah. I, I, how, how many times have you talked to the average educated person? They say, "Yeah, I have a four hundred one k m in mutual funds." Right. Right. That's that's possibly the worst, most stupid advice today. Now, it was great advice twenty years ago. Well, but today it's horrible advice. And here's part of the reason it's so bad: is are taxes going up or down? Everyone knows taxes are going up. Why would you defer taxes? Because if taxes go up, now you've just hurt yourself. Uh, you have no average, control that, of your money. The, but the point is the average person has no idea. They just right. you, they just checked out of this They're radio They're so afraid show. of the IRS. We, we just lost 15,000 yeah. nowhere men. They go, what's he talking about? 
You got to pay taxes. You know what I mean? Because the myth is you, the, you have right. to pay tax. And it's really not the myth that you have to t- pay tax. The real thing that goes on inside of Chicken Littles out there, they go, oh, I don't want to be audited. Yep. I don't want to be audited. Yeah. I don't want the IRS. Because so they have bad financial planners you know, or bad they, tax strategists. They, they put their hands in their ears. La, 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 la. Don't tell me about taxes. Well, and, I, I and that's going to make you poor in the middle class. Yeah. I, I don't like when an accountant says they're conservative because I translate it as antiquated, lazy, or doesn't know. Well, they don't right? know. Yeah. Where is this economy going? What's going to happen now? I did all the right things. You know, I got a job. I have a 401k. It's not performing. My house hasn't really gone up in value. I've lost money all this time. And now I hear these rumors about China and ISIS and Syria and Assad and Putin and all this stuff. And I hear the stock market might be in a bear market. Now, that would cause people take a breath, you know. So let's say I'm uh, 50 years old right now. I have a million or two in the stock market. And the question is, what happens if it crashes? So these are legitimate questions. And so our guest today is Garrett Gunderson, his entrepreneur, founder and chief wealth architect of the Wealth Factories, author of Killing Sacred Cows. And what we're doing today is defining who you take financial advice from. Like we said, you know, there's Susie Orman. Her advice is great for poor people. Right. I'm not saying how much money you make. You see, if you can't control your spending, you know, you, you know, if your favorite pastime, the only exercise you get is walking through a mall or surfing the web. You know, Susie Orman is your financial advisor. You know, cut up your credit card, you know, get control of your spending impulses. And I don't need Susie Orman because I have my wife, Kim. Right, Kim? That's correct. You do like to shop. I'm not the shopper of the family. But we're also talking about Dave Ramsey. And right. Dave Ramsey's message is, you know, get out of bad debt. Get out of debt. No, no, no. It's just live He's, debt all, free. Well, live all, all, de- debt all debt is bad in Yeah, all debt. Okay. Yeah. And his, his, but, his, uh, his advice is fabulous for middle class people. Yes, but – tra- The train wrecks, he'll get them on track at least. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's, that's good advice for those yeah. people. I, well, we met with him one time and I, I, he said something very insightful. And he said the difference between his advice and our advice is that Rich Dad, we look at everything as entrepreneurs. We look at every investment as a business. We look at everything we do as entrepreneurs. It's a very different mindset. Yeah. Right. And so our guest today is Garrett Gunderson and really started, you know, when as a young guy, you read Millionaire Next Door, and that tells you to be frugal in the scarcity and save money, which is horrible advice for me, but great advice for most people, right? Yeah, and, and the equation that they kind of give you is that if you want more wealth, they say that they tell you have to do one of three things. Put more money in, take more risk, and by the way, if you increase your risk, you increase your chance of loss. My best investments have the lowest risk I had and I the highest return. And then the third thing is they tell you just wait longer, right? That's That's not the the equation of the wealthy, but it's the equation of the poor. Money times rate times time. That's what they want you to believe. So when you read Millionaire Next Door, how old were you? I was a teenager at the time. What happened I was in, in high school? And what happened to your gut, your brain, your soul, and all that? Did you say, "Oh, this is great advice. I love it." Well, I no, but I but I I was kind of like that small town kid going, "I want to make it big. I want to do something." And it was the first piece of advice that I really had right. gotten. So I did it reluctantly. And it was frustrating because it was all about what I could save and cut out. Well, it, and it contracts you as a yeah. as a being. It makes like makes you less than no, instead of doesn't. being more it's, than. It, well, it does me. It yeah, kills for me. It does for me. Yes. See, that's our point. Yes. The first step is you got to decide who you yeah. are, and then when you decide who you are, then you decide whose financial advice you want to follow. 
like I said, you know, I have a fr- my friend makes a lot of money, but his wife spends more. Mm-hmm. So she, her guru should be Susie Orman. Yeah, she makes you know, she and her husband make about four million a year, but she spends nineteen million a year. You know what I mean? She can't help spending. She's addicted to spending. So, so Robert, so Susie's <laughs> advice is great because if you can't control that, you'll never be rich, right? Absolutely. So you have people that spend more than they make. You have people that are, want to contract and cut coupons and all of that stuff. How do you decide who you are? It's a little bit tough because when I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I went to my grandfather and he was the closest thing I knew to an entrepreneur because he owned a TV repair shop, even though he's a coal miner, he did that on the side and he was in a band. He looked at it like, well, when are you going to get a real job? Right. And that never felt good. Like to think that's real the point. Job. Yeah, that's the point. You see. So your family and friends. Yeah, well, if you're nowhere, man, you're kind of looking for what resonates inside your body, mind, and spirit, and soul, right? And then you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and you thought it was like the Bible coming to you or something. (laughs) I I actually – I started bringing – we started having parties where I'd bring like 10 people. We'd play cash flow during parties on Friday nights. Like I was just – I was like, this is it. I feel feel alive. It makes sense. It's a philosophy. And if you don't have a clear philosophy, someone else is going to sell you theirs. And that's the first step. That's a good point. That's a very good point. The message of the show for all of you out there who wonder what's going to happen with China, ISIS, Putin, and all this stuff, the question you have to ask yourself, do I want to be poor? Because if you're poor, nothing's really going to affect you. You look at cockroach. You know, they can be a thermonuclear device. And the cockroach will survive. You know, you can eat scraps. You'll be fine. Or if you want to be a middle class, you know, right now, if you're uncertain with the China economy and the world and the printing money and all this stuff, then get out of debt. You know, sit, sit like a middle class, cling to your job, get a job like McDonald's, you know, work extra hard, or you can decide to be rich. Those are the first three choices you're going to make, poor, middle class, or rich. Yeah. Well, and, and look, the middle class is playing a game I call easy hard. It's easy to choose middle class right now, but when these collapses happen, it's going to be increasingly harder to make it. So you're predicting a crash. Well, how how can we not have an issue with this amount of money that's being printed and no value creation to back it up? And that's why I, I started, you know, the first part of this program. You look at Caterpillar. You know, what does that mean? Most people are not – you and I will never drive a D9 tractor around town. You know, we, don't, right. we buy Toyotas. But what does it mean that Caterpillar just announces 5,000 people losing their job in 2015? It's and an 10, indicator. Yeah, and 10 – to 15,000 in 2016. And as I'll plug it right. once once more. Rich Dad's prophecy said the biggest crash was coming in 2016. Well, and this wait, wait, so, so if you're a middle class right now and you just lost your job at Caterpillar, what are you going to do? Life gets hard. you got to make a choice. Yeah, that, so, that's, that's what this program is for. So yeah. Some people, well, I have job security. Dream on, man. That's a real middle class choice. right? That's, that's what we're saying. Right. And it was harder for me to make the choice to be an entrepreneur, harder in the moment. But became easier every day that I've made that choice so because you, I have more resources, opportunities, and I'm not subject to the economy as my entire life. That's what we're saying. Does it speak to your soul? That's not that it's easy. Let me, right. t- let me get one more thing why people are nowhere, man. This is the whole point. They're so afraid of making a mistake. And that's what you learn in and, school. And, and you will what make mistakes. Wrong? What if I'm wrong? You know, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? You're going to cover my butt. I'm going to lose money. I'm going to look humiliated, be humiliated. My yeah. family's going to this, my, and this. You know, my family says you should never have done that. Yeah, you're going to yeah. yeah, make mistakes, nowhere, but what you you no, learn well, that's from what it makes you nowhere. Yeah. So let me ask you this: So you made the choice. There was a choice to be poor, to be middle class, or to be rich. You made the choice. I want to be rich. Right. What 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 did it, you do? What, how did you start? What when you made the decision? Then what do you do? So first of all, when I made the decision. 
I said no to work for Anderson. Hey, look at the jobs I was offered. Anderson, they don't even exist anymore. Strong investments. Wait, wait, Arthur Anderson? Yep. The co- They're the gone. Accounting firm? That was my first place I was offered a job. The second place was Merrill Lynch. The third place was um, Strong Investments. They don't even exist anymore, and they were the number two fund family at the time. So what I did was I made a choice to be in business, and I chose to be in the so world of personal finance. So you said no to all those I offers. I said no, and it was depressing. I was, I, I was scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had no – my family was so like – You're going in the unknown. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen. But I got to tell you, for six months into that business, I got a check bigger than I would have made the entire year right. at Anderson from one client. Yep. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. Yeah, good news and bad news about money. Our guest today is Garrett Gunderson. He's an entrepreneur, founder, and chief wealth architect of the Wealth Factory. We're talking about your, you know, right now with the economy in turmoil. And this problem, I agree with you. I think we're coming down. This morning, Icon said, you know, if you can't afford a 30 to 40% hit in your stock portfolio, it means you're over 50 and you don't have time to recover. And let's say you have a million dollars in there. You can't afford to lose $400,000. You should go back to cash. But that's good advice for average middle-class yes. people. That's yes. not a good advice for rich people. Just understand. And so this whole program we've been covering, Susie Orman is great for poor people. She's fabulous. I like her advice. Dave Ramsey, you know, live debt-free, perfect for middle-class. Included in there are David Back and David Bach and Rick Edelman and Tony Robbins. Their advice is fabulous for middle-class people. You know, cut right. back. Go into hiding, fall into the shell, and pull in the, pull in the uh, you know the thermonuclear what do you call it, the fallout shelter door. But if you want to be rich, you look at rich dad. You know we only I like to be rich, and I think it hits you in the gut. So how did it feel when you made the decision? I don't want to be following millionaire next door. Well, at first it felt good, and then it then it got a little bit tough when I decided I was going to embrace being an entrepreneur. Yeah, you have to cross the line. Yeah, and. And I was bright. That's the most depressed I've ever been in my life. Right. 1999. You because? Know, I just, I was a little bit nervous. I had very little support. And, but no I money. chose to do it you anyway. no income. I, you know, and, and I actually was doing okay financially because I had already been in financial services. But unfortunately, I have to make a, a damaging admission here. I was peddling mutual funds oh, in 1998. Oh, I, I've, I've, I've repented. <laughs> I've, uh, I've done everything I can to I'm make the, up for that. I'm glad um, the Pope was just here. I'll yeah, ask him for it. I need a blessing for that. Okay. But, uh, but, so, but I didn't want to do it that way because I saw quickly what crap that was. And when, in 2000, when the market started to go down, I went to every single one of my clients between March and May. And I said, you got to get your money out of the market completely. They said, why? I said, because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm handing it to someone else I've never met. I've never been in a single boardroom. You said, I don't know what I'm doing. I I said, one of the hardest times of my life. And I said, I've never been in a single boardroom of any one of the stocks that are being held. I got paid a commission up front for putting that money in there. And what percentage of financial advisors do the same thing? Zero, because they defend no, no, their I bad mean, no, choices. No, I mean, do the right. same thing in terms of turning it over to people they don't know. and then Oh, yeah, everybody does that, but nobody actually confronts the reality. Yeah. And when I'm looking at my clients at that time, I'm 19, 20 years old, so it's mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, it's all my friends' parents. I didn't want to go to family reunions and say, you're in it for the long haul, or dollar-cost average. <laughs> Who the hell wants to be average? I don't want to tell them the dollar-cost average. None of that made sense. And you know what? I said, okay, what can I do instead? And that's when I started to discover there's so many things that the financial world neglects because there's no commission tied to it. Like if you improve your credit score, you get access to money. You shave off the interest rates that you pay. You improve your insurance costs. If, if you get proactive with your taxes, you know, there's so much money for business owners to put in their bottom line right now by saving on tax or by eliminating 
fees in their investments. I, I understand yeah, that. All that stuff. But they're not going to do that as long as they're afraid of making a mistake. Right. And that's, and that's what I'm talking to. And that's been my crusade is to get a right. million entrepreneurs to economic independence so that they can swing for the fences in their business, not be reliant upon the stock market, have – the ability to be rich and do something that they actually care about because you could have retired years ago, but you have a mission to create life. You know, we did literacy. retire years ago. Right, but but you're still here on the radio. You're still teaching people. Because I'm talking to nowhere men right, out there. Right. The guys take their <laughs> not, jobs because, are not because you needed the money, but because you had a mission and a purpose beyond that. Yeah, and this is our time. I mean, this is our time. I think for the first time, it's 2015, like I said in my book, Rich Dad's Prophecy, I wrote about my latest book, Second Chance. I said, this is your second chance. But it starts with you making a decision. Are you going to be poor, middle class, or rich? You know, China's crashing. Stock markets are crashing. Putin, you know, <laughs> has an air base in Syria, and he wants us to join him. And the Saudis want us to attack Putin. You know, we're cruising for war. Japan is now making overtures towards China. And that's what happens, you know, when the economy gets really shaky – Countries go to war just to distract the population. That's why Adolf Hitler came to power back in 1933 was, you know, the German people were so fed up with being poor. And he says, let's go kill everybody. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. You know, so they went off and they killed people. So we're on the verge of war. We're on the verge of economic meltdown. Christine Lagarde, head of the IMF, you know, she says, this is very spooky right now. Growth has stopped. And if you notice, most of our guests have been listening to our program for the last three or four years. Our guests have been saying the same thing for a long time. Bert Doman, uh, Chris Martinson, and um, Richard Duncan. We're in a very precarious position. So this thing about what are you going to do, the first decision is who you're going to listen to. But who you listen to depends upon who you are. That's really the thing. So your financial advice depends upon you. For example, Susie Orman is perfect for people who are poor. And what I mean by poor is you, you, get, you make a dollar, you spend 10. You're going to be a poor person no matter how much money you make. Listen to her. You know, she's where you start because you can't come to where rich dad is if you don't change that habit. And if you're a person who really does not like risk, you want to play it safe and secure, then guys like Dave Ramsey are perfect. Live debt free, pay off your house because – when the thermonuclear device, at least your house will be paid off. It'll be destroyed. Until they tell you to put it in a mutual fund. Right. And you got to get a little and then, there. And then the third part, you have rich debt. And rich debt, we hang out with Trump and all that. I know he's not popular with my Mexican friends or my military guys, but he's a rich guy. So the thing here is this. You've got to decide who you're going to listen to, especially at this time. But who you listen to depends upon who you are. And so our guest today is Garrett Gunderson. You know, I love his story. He says he read The Millionaire Next Door as a young person, and it hurt to read the book, but he tried it. Then he read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it made more sense. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, well, I like this idea that, you know, we talk about if you have money to invest and you don't know where to put it, don't tell anybody you got it because they'll find a place to, to oh, put it, right? Great same advice, same with philosophy. And you said it earlier, Garrett. You said if you don't have a philosophy, a lot of people will give you their philosophy. So right. number one is you got to find that mindset of I want to be, be rich if, that's the, if that is what you want, if you want to be rich. And find the information, find the mentors, find the advisors that align to that philosophy. I think that's step number one. And the great thing I love about Garrett is he, he came from the financial services industry, and you saw the light again there too. Right. You're putting people in mutual funds and 401ks. And, you know, our, our average debt advisor, 
Andy Tanner has a book called 401 Chaos and then his How to Make Cash Flow from Stocks and all this. You don't have to be a loser in the 401k stock, right? Is that correct? Absolutely. I, I create a thing called the 401k hoax. I think 401ks are one of the worst programs ever worst. invented. It because, was only to make Wall Street rich. Right, because in, in the old days when someone robbed you, they showed up to the bank or they showed up to the train on a horse and you knew you were robbed. Now when you enter a 401k, they just automatically take out the fees whether you make money or not. Right. What kills your fees? Right. And so, let me ask you this question, okay? What do you think of Susie Orman? Her, her advice is good advice, right, if you can't control your emotions and spend. Yeah, people that spend more than they make have to listen to her. Yeah. And when she says, you know, I want a puppy, Susie, and she goes, denied. I just crack up. You know, I said, <laughs> right. great advice, Susie. Now, and then Saturday Night Live did a skit on Susie Orman that was pretty hilarious. It was someone worth $20 million calling in because they wanted to travel to Europe. And she said, no, no, no. It's cheaper to go to the Keys. Don't spend any money. So that's an example of someone who's rich taking advice from the wrong person. And they right. make a parody out of it because the, the <laughs> hard work with the wrong philosophy equals bankruptcy. Hard work with the wrong philosophy equals financial devastation. And your philosophy around money is so critical because it's the mindset that matters right there at the base. So what do you think about when Dave Ramsey says uh, live debt-free? I think that's good advice for uh, the most middle of the middle class. class. Yeah. yeah, when Kim and I first started off, not not first started off, but we lived in a small house. You know, we paid 100000 for it, but we were buying apartment houses at the same time. Yep. You, you did the well, same thing, I bought thing, 14 right? rental properties and still lived in a rental. And it yeah. was interesting because a lot of our friends who were becoming successful in business, they were – uh, buying big buying houses. Buying the big houses, buying the fancy cars. And they're like, how come you're living in this little house? Da, da, da. And we're like, just just wait. Just wait. Right. They and didn't eventually, ever become economically yeah. independent. And eventually our, we bought the big house, but only when our investments paid. Covered it. Covered the cash, the cash flow, flow. Paid yeah. for it. Yeah. So we had apartment houses. And people said, well, not that we're poor. It was a cute little house. You know, we had room service from Hilton Hotel. And it was part of the Hilton Properties. But our monthly payments were $310 a month. And rent in the area was 800 so our monthly mortgage payment was less than our rent payment, but we weren't, you know, buying new, you know, new clothes and all that. We were buying apartment houses, right, Ken? We were, we were, and that made all the difference. So and Dave Ramsey's advice is great, but if you want to be rich, you still have to start investing, right? Yeah, it'll be almost impossible to break out of scarcity with that advice, though, because well, it is people on the scarcity don't, side. But understand what I'm, well, this whole program here is this: you got to be true to your guts. You know, if you're a freaking coward and you don't want to lose money, don't want to make mistakes. Dave Ramsey's live, you know, live debt free. Fantastic. Best in the business. I mean, so most of the people, most of the middle class, okay, the middle class is, is huge, but shrinking, definitely shrinking. Most of the information that is on the, all these TVs that's are, are, are geared towards the middle class. So you now to make no, a it's, decision. It's, it's geared for people who don't know what to do. Well, yes. And that's a lot of the middle class and a lot. Now I'm middle class and I'm like, yeah, I want to, I really want to get on, onto the other side. I really want to make that effort, put in the time. I've got to change my mindset, my philosophy. I've made that decision. What do I do now? You got to invest in yourself first. What do you, you mean gotta, by that? Well, no, the whole the, the whole theme here again. Please hear me. You got to make a decision. You want to be poor, middle class, or right. rich. You see, following billionaire advice is not going to get you to be a billionaire, is it? No, nope. no. So, and that's this whole thing here. But you've got to know in your gut, Kim. That's what we're saying. I understand. I understand. So let's say now I've got that. I've got. I made the decision. I've made that choice. I'm like, yes, that's in my gut. I'm gonna I'm gonna get aligned to this type of philosophy. I'm gonna find people. Where now? What do I do? Where do so I go? This is this is why I love what Garrett's been saying. He said wonderful things about me. So I appreciate it. <laughs> but anyway, what you have is a team of advisors, right? Right. You don't have financial planners. 
No, we do not. We built what's called an accredited network where we go through and we interview these professionals to say this is the most unique insider advantage we could have is to have an amazing so team. So do we do the same thing? We do. We had, And it's not easy seeking no. out these advisors because there's a, a lot of frogs out there you got to kiss. It takes a lot of time to find an advisor because most advisors aren't advisors. They're salespeople. But Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki of the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking to Garrett Gunderson, and he's an entrepreneur, founder, and chief wealth architect of the Wealth Fa- Factory very successful young man. He's author of the book, Killing Sacred Cows, Overcoming Financial Myths That Are Destroying Your Prosperity. See, the whole thing is here is most people are so afraid of making a mistake, right? Yeah. They're worried about what someone's going to say, what someone's going to think, or that what that says about them. But no one succeeds on the rich side without making mistakes. So that's where they're nowhere, man. They take all this advice and they don't know where the stuff's coming from. They just stay there. They yeah. stay put. Yeah, and they don't know where the advice is coming from. The point here is this. you know, We have rich dad advisors. We don't sell investments. We sell financial education, but we also give as much as possible. But the point I want to make here is this. The reason Donald Trump and I write books together and I don't write books with David Bach is because we're multimillionaires and we're entrepreneurs. You know, We're not salespeople. They're salespeople, right? Right. It's like you would say, risk isn't in the investment, it's in the investor. Right. We're wanting to make better investors right. so you can make intelligent choices and live a better life. So did you make mistakes in your process? I did. I, uh, you learn a lot, don't you? Yeah. I, What's I a big some, mistake you made? Uh, I, biggest. I had a lot of real estate at one time, and I just I thought I had the Midas Touch, even though you have the book, The Midas Touch. I just I got a little bit over-leveraged on a few pieces of real estate because I had done so well for so long. And then the partners I chose, when they declared bankruptcy, I was left holding the bag on the real estate. Right. So I had to add a lot of time, and it took me away from my business. So that now, was probably my business mistake. Did you ever take a real estate course? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I learned I learned how to auction real estate. I learned how to lease option. I, no, I don't, how mean, that, that I don't mean how you structure a financial day. Tax. No, but I, I went and got educated by people that were intelligent in real estate. Mentors. That, that had made money in real estate. Yeah, that be careful. I paid money for. That's the yeah. point here is this. Yeah. I'm always taking real estate courses, you know, and but real estate is about debt and taxes. So when people say, how do you not pay taxes? Well, I invest in real estate, but that's risky. That's what they say. Because said, they're well, uneducated. Well, yeah. and it is risky if you've never taken a class. So you've got to be careful what you're selling. You know, like I said, Tony Robbins, our friend and all this, I don't know why he's selling what he's selling because he doesn't really go into financial services. But he, I think he is now, isn't he? Well, his son's part of a financial firm. So his his people so that could be part of the they're recommending they're recommending. Yeah. That. I think well, that's a key point too. Is when you is when you're reading something and they're directing you to a fund or they're directing you to a certain brokerage house. It's like uh, my, my all my red flags go up at that point. Right. I just I just want somebody right. who's doing what I want to be doing and learn from them. And that's not bad. Look, everybody has something to sell. You have something to sell. I have something to sell, and all this. We're just saying you better make a decision. You poor middle class. That's the, this program today because this baby's coming down. And if you don't know what to do, it's best to go into hiding, right? Sitting around is going to be pretty painful. Yeah. But <laughs> no choice to, is going to yeah. be very painful. It, it really is good to cut back if you don't, you know, like, that's what, what's his name said today? Um, Carl Icahn. Yes. He says, if you can't afford to lose 40% of your portfolio. Said, get everything and put it in cash. Put it in cash, but cash is safer, but it's not really safe, but it's better than losing yeah, 40%. And what he said is, you know, he can, he can, he knows how to make money up and down. He knows how to use all these different vehicles in the stock market. The average person doesn't. Right, because of his intelligence, They're because get of what he knows, well, yeah. right? I call it his investor DNA. Yeah. 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 But right. he's also an entrepreneur. Yes. You see? Absolutely. And so- Lesson number one, you better look for your advisors and they better not be trying to sell you something. 
they really be here. They really know what they're talking about. Like Tom Wheelwright is our tax guy. If yep. you you know read Tom's book, Tax Free Wealth, and then ask your tax advisor to read it. A tax advisor doesn't like it. Get a new advisor. You know, get a new partner in the whole thing. First of all, we focus on education. This last week we had another course. We had a two day two day course. All our advisors get together yep. and we study. If your friends don't want to study, but there's something that you did was I thought was interesting as a young man. You got friends together to play the game cash flow, yep. right? Didn't that tell you a lot about the behavior of the people that came to play the game? Oh, there's some that I still do business with and spend a lot of time with, and there's others that I just don't spend time with anymore. You because you see their behavior come out. Oh, you get to you see. You see their yeah. philosophy come yeah. out. So, yeah. you know, the way you learn something is by doing something. And then when somebody comes in to play the cash flow game and they're afraid of making a mistake, you probably got somebody who's best being poor or middle class. Well, and actually, when we played the game, we took the group that I enjoyed playing it with that had the best insight, and we 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 formed an investment company together and actually started doing real estate. Good. And some of them were really good at it, so we got we did. You know. Well, the, the whole thing here is with 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 business. You're gonna kiss a lot of. It's like marriage. You know, yep. you get married, you finally married the wrong person, but that's business. That's life. And most people know where men. You don't want to do that, so you hang on to the old wife or old husband. Just because it's better than make another mistake. And we're now in the most popular part of our program. It's called Ask Robert, and it's where you get to ask me your questions. And Garrett Gunderson has so generously you know, agreed to stay, stay behind. So today's program is a difference between advice for poor people, middle class people, and rich people. And once again, you notice I share books with Donald Trump, not the other guys. Okay? So we're talking right now about you know China's wobbling, the stock market's crashing. You know, I wrote, I wrote the biggest crash of all was coming in 2016, and it's right on time, right on schedule. Same time, Putin is building air bases in Syria, and he wants us to back Assad, and Saudi Arabia wants to nuke Assad, you know, and Japan's attacking China. And this is a kind of interesting time, but for nowhere, man, it's also a terrified time, and they, you know, it's called a deer in the headlights, and they get paralyzed, and they don't know whose advice to follow. And like we said, if you're poor, Susie Orman's advice is perfect. Middle class, Dave Ramsey, Dave Bach, Tony Robbins, and Rick Edelman. Fantastic advice. But if you want to be rich, it really is about becoming an entrepreneur and crossing the line. And you got to make a decision. Which is that true? It's, you got to make that decision. Yep, it's a choice in the moment. You got to embrace that. And Garrett, you said something really interesting just before the break. You said that you put your first investment group together based on behavior and philosophy. So you played the cash flow game and yep. those who had an, an aligned behaviors or who were kind of aligned to you, you put this group together and you did your first investment. So whether it's investment, whether it's a business, because most people, they, they want to start a business and they choose the people that have the money or they choose friends, friends. and family who they're comfortable with. Right. Instead of, and this is this has been our our mistake is is having partners who were not aligned philosophically to what right. we were doing. Yeah, so we that's had, a huge distinction. We had poor people. You know, they're highly educated accountants and attorneys and all that, but they didn't know anything about being rich. They're they're terrified people. So, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, look at like just as an example, my attorney when he was 11 years old, he was sitting in meetings with Walt Disney planning his his grandfather did Walt Disney's estate or Earl Holding or John Huntsman, all these billionaires that he's getting to. And then he became independently wealthy and chose to be an attorney. That's the guy I'm going to spend time yes. with because he gets it. It's not just legalese. It's yeah. how do I protect Yeah, you? and you talk about relationship capital. Right. So really, 
if anyone thinks they have a money problem, that's only a symptom. The real reality is there's two more precious forms of capital. One is our mental capital, our ideas, mindset, our knowledge, philosophy. our mindset, philosophy. And the other is relationship capital. And when we combine those two and when we increase our knowledge, right, then we have more to offer. When we're spending time with the right people, we can get more done. So when someone says, oh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's not true because if I didn't know anything, I'm not sitting on the radio with you. I don't get to know you guys. Well, that's where nowhere man comes. Right. You know, I meet so many people who are nowhere people. I don't want them as part of my team. Remember when I was a little kid, you were playing softball? You know, if you're the kid not being picked, you're nowhere man or nowhere woman. You see, and that's what's going on financially right now. you got to bring something to the table. Yeah, you got to know something. Yeah. So that's really kind of the message today's Rich Dad Radio Show is if you're a nowhere man and you don't know what to do, you better figure out who you are first. Yeah, who are you going to listen to and who are you going to spend your time around? Right. Yeah. So once again, you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at Rich Dad Radio. And this is the first question. Melissa, what's the first question? Robert, our first question today comes from Quentin in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. Favorite book, Unfair Advantage. He says, Robert, you talk a lot about raising capital. I understand that there are several ways to do this via investors and banks. However... Do you have a preference? Do you have any tips on raising capital without falling for a scam or other form of financial corruption? Well, you got to study. You know, I mean, I, I, the reason when I, in 1973, the first course I had to take, you know, my father wanted me to get my MBA. My poor dad, my rich dad said, take a real estate course. Real estate is about debt and taxes. So once I understood what a, a good asset was, I went out and started raising capital. Unfortunately, most people raise capital because they need money, and they don't have a good investment. So people raising capital, I want to look at their track record, what they have. Most con men have nothing, and they can tell you a great story. Don't be that con man. You know, when I started raising capital, I knew a good investment and a good asset from a bad one. Any comments, Kim? Well, I think the biggest thing, that's a, this is a huge subject because raising capital, you got, you're you taking on a huge responsibility. I mean, if you're borrowing money from individuals, you gotta, you got to know how you're going to pay them back, how they're going to get a return on the money. If you're borrowing money from a bank, you got to know how you're going to pay that money back. And so a lot of people – Yeah, well, you start small. But a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to raise money and, and forget about the people you're raising money from. It's a huge responsibility and you got to start there. Once again, Garrett Gunderson is our uh, guest today and he's raised a lot of capital as a financial planner too and all that. And uh, that's a scam, isn't it? A lot of that financial planner stuff. Oh, for sure. I mean it's it, – But know. they're legal scams. Yeah. And and it's just – I love when it's, hey, you got to take high risk to get high return is kind of the message. Bullshit. But then they don't take any risk. They get paid whether you make money or not. Right. And that's part of the frustration. And all the incentive is around retirement planning. I think we got to retire the concept of retirement where people stop providing value, stop having yeah. any control of their life. Because the traditional way to retire is set aside a nest egg then live off the interest, and then you become a slave to, if taxes go up, that lowers what you get to spend. If interest rates go down, that lowers what you get to spend. And inflation is going to run rampant the way that we continue to well, run the greatest fear, Well, the greatest fear for people is not dying poor. The greatest fear of people is living without money. <laughs> living without money, you right. Know, and when the money runs out, then they go, oh, my God. And you, let, let's say you're an old guy of 50 or 60, then you're host. You know USA I mean? Today said it was the number one fear of Americans. Yeah, running yeah. out of money. Running out of with, money. When you're still alive, exactly, it's 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 okay if you can just you spend die your last, that last day. <laughs> yeah, if you, your last breath, you spend your last dollar. That's called planning. You know right. what I mean? But the odds are, and this is my prediction. That's why I wrote Rich Dad's Prophecy, and I have book Second Chance and my video, The Man Who Could See the Future. Most people are going to run out of money. 
that's and they're going to be destitute at that point. There'll be bag men and bag ladies pushing shopping carts. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Walty in Adelaide, Australia. Adelaide, I love Adelaide. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It says, how important is it to have a rich mindset and to build yourself up before even investing or starting to run a business? Well, that's a great question. And this is what our friend Dave Ramsey said. And he, he, you know, he works with middle class people, live debt free. When you hear live debt free, you're middle class. Because the rich are you going to use debt to get rich. You understand that? And that is a very, very big difference. Also, the rich don't pay taxes. And what most people go, I don't want the IRS audit. Then you should be middle class or you should be poor. You see, it it goes on inside your gut. If you're a chicken little and you can't stand an IRS audit, you really should just live below your means and cut up your credit cards and live debt free and cling to that job at McDonald's and you'll be happy. Right, it's a, it's in your guts, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. it's your DNA. Yeah, it's and, your DNA. And, and Walty is saying, you know, do I build up the mindset first and then take the action? It's all it all goes together because once you got that, aha, I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. Then you go take some action. Then you make mistakes. Then you learn. Then Get the mindset ass. gets strengthened. Then your experience gets strengthened. Listen and to it this keeps woman. Growing, growing, she's growing. telling that she's t- saying it, man. If you quit when you start getting your butt pounded. You should just go back to live debt-free, you know? It, it fundamentally sounds like he's asking, do I have to have, then do, then be, yes. or be, should do I be, have. do, have? And it's be, yeah. do, have. You've got to have the wealthy mindset along the way. Otherwise, you're going to get – it keeps growing and getting wealthier right. and wealthier, yeah. and that mindset keeps changing every single day. And, right. and what I'm saying to people is you're afraid of losing money. You will. And the question is, well, you gonna, are you going to stand up again and do it again? That's a wealthy mindset. The other wealthy mindset, rich mindset, is am I going to use debt, other people's money? Can you do that? And then can you take on the IRS? I don't want to pay taxes legally. If you don't have that inside your gut, you cannot handle it inside your gut, your mind, your spirit, and your emotions. That's where it starts. You know, It's in you who you are, what you're being. If you embrace it and take that, that's where the payoff comes. It, it may be difficult. It may be a struggle. But if you don't, it's going to be pretty tough. That's, it's hard. It's hard. It is hard. It's not easy. It's yeah. not easy. But if you do it and keep doing it, it's worth it. And that's why with this crash coming in 2016, you know, it might be best to live debt-free, you know, cut back to you – know, from instead of a five-bedroom house, cut down to a one-bedroom condo in the lower-rent district and live like a cockroach. It'll be fine. <laughs> next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Chike in Dubai. Favorite book, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. It says, Robert, I'd like to know, how does increasing debt enhance the rich investor? And secondly, how does a market crash increase the fortune of a rich investor? Well, those are pretty good questions, but it really shows you haven't done much study. That's, that's the thing. Look, debt is money. And most people say, well, I don't have money to invest. Well, there's a lot of debt to invest with. But if you're going to use debt, then you've got to get very, 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 very smart. And I'll say it again. I said it over and over. I started with a little one-bedroom, one-bath condo on the island of Maui. I used 100% debt. How did you start, Kim? I started with a little two-bedroom, one-bath house in Portland, Oregon. was $45,000. How did you learn to use debt? I was 19 years old in college. I bought a three-bedroom townhome, rented it out to two other college roommates, and yeah, uh, yeah that's how you got start. a champ loan you for the down small. payment. You yeah. start small. And that's why my friend thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's my friend Dave Ramsey says it best. You know, it says most people are actually employees or self-employed. The investment strategy that the three of us in this room are using, we're entrepreneurs. You know, that's, that's like Donald Trump is an entrepreneur. You know, Carly Fiorina is an employee. 
There's very different mindsets and being and spirits and all this stuff. So the whole theme of this program, are you poor, middle class, or rich? Because when this crash comes, you'd better make sure who you are. And we say, you know, the world is at your command. When this baby comes down, we're going to get richer, isn't it? Absolutely. This I is going to be the best time of our lives because I don't care if markets go up and down. Do you care? I, I think – no. And here's here's the thing that's you know disappointing is the news reports it as money's been lost. Money doesn't get lost. It no. gets transferred. Transferred to the it rich. transferred. And, so there's the evidence right there. Every time you hear the word lost, it means someone else got rich. And I think here's what the middle class does. And this goes back to Rich Dad Poor Dad, your chapter on Mind Your Own Business. We look at our business, our investments, our, as a, our business, their assets are yeah. as a business. Most middle class poor, they look at them as, if they even have them, as a hobby or something that has to be dealt with. Yeah. Uh, a job. Automated savings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want a job? No. You want a job? No, thank you. I don't want a job. And that's kind of the mindset. That's where it starts. So once again, I want to thank Garrett Gunderson, you know, fantastic book, Killing Sacred Cows, which is you got to kill the myth inside your head, right? That's what Absolutely. You're saying. And you can submit your questions to Rich Dad Radio to Ask Robert. And I want to thank you all for listening. I trust you've learned something today. It's not good advice or bad advice. It's what's best for you. If you're a poor person who cannot control your credit card, Susie Orman is it. You're going to be a middle class. Dave Ramsey, David Bach, and Rick Elman are perfect guys. They invest in mutual funds. I would never touch those things because they're guaranteed losers. I have zero dollars in those. Yeah. Yep. And, and Tony Robbins you know, is a good friend of ours, but he's promoting his son's you know, give, it, give the money to his son. Now, if you know that, then you can make a decision whether it's good, enough, it's good or bad for you.